Hi friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love of the Process podcast. We've been married 13 years, 12 good ones, and we have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. I've been an entrepreneur since I was five and currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day, and we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Hi, friends. Good to be with you. It's going to come out on Monday, but we're recording on a Sunday, and... uh, think we're going to call this, say his name, George Floyd episode. Yeah, I think if anyone has been following the news at all, then you're aware. Obviously. Or- <laughs> if you're listening to this, you know, you know what's going on in the world right now. In the United States, especially. And um, so we wanted to talk about that. We want to talk about yeah. black lives. Yep. You know, uh, I can give you my recount. Um, Certainly, um, you know, the protests really escalated, you know, over the weekend, last weekend, and, and you know, and um, continued through this week. I, uh, we had 10 people on our our home office team meeting, and uh, at least half of, of them cried you know we go from really cried you know a few of them i mean there's just uh so much pain we spent almost an hour every monday on check-ins and how are things going and um you know what's new and you know it's just it's just been a barrage of uh you know from from kobe to um covid to mod this is last Ahmad Ahmad Aubrey Aubrey to to now this incident and yeah, Taylor George Floyd you know and we we didn't we didn't I'm just thinking of our team meeting right now um, but we've literally touched on you know every all those topics and you know we've we've got a pretty open space for people to share their hearts and and to you know to to voice their their feelings and um, Man, this uh, this week really has been a time where I've been on a lot of calls and in a lot of meetings and and you know Zoom and virtual meetings, a lot of them, but uh, you know some other uh, in person um, meetings uh, on the golf course, whatever, and um, just consistently uh, processing all that's going on. You know, I th- the first few days certainly given a voice to it. Uh, I can tell you on Monday, I went to a protest in uh, Mill Creek with one of our team members. Uh, her son is, is uh, 17 and he's on the front line of this youth movement in this area. Uh, and he's articulate and he's a leader. And I, I showed up at this thing and, and he was on the bullhorn and there's about mm-hmm. 300, 350 people. And I know somebody sent me some more things and I'm going to be hanging with him this week. His name's Jordan. and Yeah, I mean, and so. he's and he's black, and he's sh- sharing with his heart how his white brothers and sisters can come alongside. And it's been really, it's been really cool to hear just from his perspective as a 17-year-old kid. Yeah. And you obviously have seen him in person. I've only seen things online. Yeah. 
Yep, and he's been to you know number. We have a company summit every year, and he's he's come and just been part of. And uh, his mom's been with us for a little over six years, so you know he's part of the family. And um, just encouraged by his heart and his his courage and his his willingness to 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 stand up for what he believes in, and you know, and so. Every really the the question that it bags it is everybody is asking uh, that I've been asked uh, a lot of times this week is you know so what's the answer so what what can we do? Um, well, and it's a question we should be asking. Yeah, it's, of ourselves. Uh, absolutely, and it's easy. It's easy to. Uh, I watched the entire video uh, of George Floyd Floyd's death his murder in public uh, on a public street in America. And uh, I don't think Adrian got the report from me and it's a hard video to watch. And um, it's, it's hard to contemplate how we got here. Um, and, and uh, you know what I feel we are walking, we've walked back the American dream. Um, it's, it's not, it's not complicated. It's just that we're not we're not committed, and um, somewhere along the line, we we lost our commitment to the American dream. And the American dream, as I remember it as a kid, was was uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, the inalienable truth that all men are created equal. We walked it back when we allowed for slavery. We walked it back when we. Uh, did not allow women to vote. We we walked it back when uh, when we take multiple days to um, to bring charges in a case like this. Uh, we we walk it back uh, every day in America right now, and and we do it. I think out of convenience. We do it out of uh, privilege, and and we do it. A lot of times, I think, because we don't know any damn better. You know, I think we we also got really sensitive. I We don't like to hear the word racism. We don't like to hear the word privilege. I think we find ways and excuses to think that, well, that's not me. I'm not that person. And I definitely, for me, I've been very humbled by some of the things that have been shared and... I mean, I'm married to a half black man. That would have been an excuse or a reason before. Of course, I'm not racist. My husband's half black. But to just understand and recognize that it's not necessarily about the words that come out of my mouth, but it can be about the actions that I may not even be paying attention to. And that piece has been really humbling. I think the this idea of privilege and it's not whether or not I haven't had whether or not I've had hardships in my life is whether or not my skin color has caused any of those hardships in my life. Yeah, yeah, exactly, hundred percent. And you know, I posted earlier this week, uh, I think Monday or Tuesday, and and I I, I stand behind it a hundred percent. And I think that it took me a little while to get to this place. Um, and I understand if you're not you're not necessarily in this place uh, yet, although uh, now as this continues to to unfold and you you know i think more and more people find themselves uh, getting what i'm going to say here and that is that 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 all lives don't matter until 
Black Lives Matter. And the idea that Black Lives Matter was offensive uh, to the National Football League in general, the um, a, a contingent of people who are patriotic and have done phenomenal things for our country and continue to do great things, uh, a number of folks who who I, I respect and care for, the fact that, that Black Lives Matter was offensive on its face was completely an ignorant understanding of the movement in and of itself. And, and you know, and I wasn't 100% uh, all in on Black Lives Matter myself. I, I felt like it seemed a little aggressive. It seemed a little uh, too pointed. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, um, it points to clear, unmistakable data that because of the color of one's skin, you are treated differently by the enforcement of the laws of America, and you're treated differently by those who have power and ability to control the outcomes for your life. And I mean life and death. And that's at the highest level. But I think, you know, SW, SWB, guys used to go, stop while black, right? And uh, uh, I used to think, really? And, and then the more and more you talk to somebody, the more and more you, you start to understand that, oh, yeah, yeah, there, there's clear and unmistakable data that uh, you're going to get treated differently um, when you're stopped if you're, if you're African-American versus white and in, in a lot of parts of the country. And our law enforcement right now um, are by and large good people who want to do good. I, th- I think it's similar to school. I think, you know, school teachers uh, go into teaching because they want to do good. Um, we, we must raise the bar and we must. And, and anybody who, who doesn't agree with that statement is against us, is against the United States of America and, and what we stand for in the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness regardless of where you come from and regardless of what you look like we must raise the bar like there is no equivocation and and so then the question is becomes well what does that look like Mm -hmm. it looks like accountability okay it it comes down to leadership and the ability for leadership to be to be able to understand that the right thing is always the right thing and when the wrong thing occurs there's there's accountability for that action it needs to be taken swiftly quickly and it needs to be taken immediately the fact that the minnesota governor it's not a republican or a democrat thing either that's the hard part is hearing people claim that it's a political issue it's not and it's really sad you've got it's the fact that the that the governor of minnesota who is a democrat okay he's part of the democratic party he he took many days if not a week to intervene you know, the day after people go, well, the riots, man, the, the stuff burning and the things breaking, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mind you, uh, the day after Martin Luther King was assassinated, uh, 110 cities in America, there was rioting on the streets. And not until the sixth day 
was the Civil Rights Act of 1968 signed into law. And so uh, you go, well, this is a little much. Well, come on. We just looked at a, we just watched a guy on plane right in front of our eyes in America be assassinated, murdered on the streets. And, uh, and we can go countless and countless other cases. And we, we, we think it's a little much for uh, a few things to go uh, to catch on fire and a little bit of glass to break. Now, I'll be honest. I think that it needs to be more strategic. I think it needs to be more toward an answer. You know, they, they boycotted the bus line in the 60s for 381 straight days. For 381 straight days. They found another way to get somewhere. So Martin Luther King was arrested 29 times. 29 times. So not only do we need to, does this need to be more strategic? I believe whatever the answer is, it's going to be inconvenient. And in there lies a massive proposition toward overcoming the possibility of justice is that we want it easy and change is never easy no it's not and i think especially when it's something that people have had their walls up about there's a lot of opinion around it which means you probably already have an opinion shaped in your head and therefore when somebody says something it may feel as though you have an argument waiting to come out and so like letting down those fences letting down those ideas that you already have so that you can actually listen and learn and hear what you need to hear in order to be able to know how are you going to change how you deal with your family? How are you going to change or what are you going to do differently in the world? Yeah. How do we, how do we all, how do we all lay hands on the idea that obviously we don't know? Obviously we don't know because if we knew we'd get something different. Can we lay hands on that? Can we lay hands on that idea? It will take a we to solve these issues. It's going to take a long time also. This is not something that we can solve overnight and we can't. So we don't want to lose our excitement and the energy that we have now in the community. How do we make sure that we don't lose that also? We have to start with we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Again, that's an idea. That's a, we, Yeah, sure. That's awesome. That's great. We don't know. We don't know. Sometimes it gets really dark before the dawn. And dawn breaks quickly, swiftly, triumphantly. So we don't know. I would hope on that. I'd hope that it happened quick. Like a shooting star. I don't think it will either. But we don't know. We don't, we don't know because if we knew, we would be getting something different. And we do need to be thoughtful, mindful, I think the question to me, the question to me that can drive towards solutions is if we all ask the question, what are you here to do? Of each other, of ourselves and of each other. What are you here to do? What's your mission? What's your mission? What's your gift? What is your gift? You know, uh, Steve Harvey was talking about. Uh, I was with him, I don't know, a little over a year ago, and, and he talked about how his his grandmother used to teach Sunday school, and, and one of her favorite 
verses was was out of the Bible and it it was out of Proverbs. And there's a proverb that says, God will make room for your gift and uh, puts you in the presence of great people. God will make room for your gift. And she always instilled on him, keep looking for your gift. What's your gift? What's your gift? What's your gift? And and, uh, he was 27. He'd worked a bunch of jobs. He'd, he'd never done comedy before, but he was writing jokes for a guy for like five bucks a joke on the side. And uh, this friend of his asked him if he would go to the comedy show on a Tuesday night in 1985 in October. And he said, sure. He'd never been to one before. And so they go and uh, one thing leads to another. He puts his name down. He thinks he's going to go the next week, but then he ends up getting called up to amateur night. And he's the 10th of the 10th acts because the 10th guy didn't show up. And so Steve Harvey come to the stage. He gets up there. He starts telling some jokes. She gives him some cues uh, about the Puerto Rican boxing stories and some other jokes that he tells. And he, and he, and he finishes up the jokes and, you know, they're, they're trying to get him off stage and they're telling him to kill it and cut, cut. And they're flipping the lights, which means get off stage. And he's telling them they need to pay their power bill and people are laughing more. And finally they get him off stage and they do a clap off and Steve wins $50 on amateur night that night. And uh, on the way home, he said he was crying the whole way home because uh, it was that night that he figured out what his gift was. And the gal was like thinking that he was a little overwhelmed about, you know, winning a whole $50, which was a lot of money in 1985. But he says, no, no, you don't understand. I was born tonight. Tonight I discovered my gift. And he said the next day he went back into his, to his work. At, uh, he was making electric parts at this place, and he quit his job. And from that day until this day, he's done nothing else but tell jokes and entertain. And I and I think that everybody has a gift. There's, uh, you know, our landscaper started. We were his third lawn, I believe, and and now he's got 56 customers and doesn't know quite how to expand to the next level. And he's going to work on that. But landscaping is his gift. He, he loves to, to cut grass. He loves to put great patterns in your yards and uh, he calls it Stripe Nation. And, and uh, he takes great pride in his work. He's, he's found his gift. And I think regardless of the color of our skin, um, you know, it's what Martin talked about, the content of our character, that if we can ask each other, you know, what's your gift? You know, I, I, I like to say I could throw a ball 30 yards down the field Um every once in a while on time and or we could let Russell Wilson throw it right well Russell's got a gift and he he practices at that gift he works at that gift and and the world gets to see that gift and that gift has made room for him and it doesn't matter what the gift is and it's it's we go back all the way to the first one which where's what's your mission and I I think the rhetoric in America and the the ideology and, and frankly, a whole lot of thinking and some of these liberal schools where kids come out with these college degrees that might not be worth the paper they're printed on, uh, that we, we just have to have some common sense. And one of the common sense things to me is, what is your gift? And, you know, I, I've noticed in business that uh, it doesn't matter how tall or short or skinny or smarter, black or white or whatever color your skin is, uh, winners uh, have a gift. And one of their gifts is that they persist towards getting the job done with no matter what it takes.
and uh, they go the extra mile and they care a little bit more and they give a little bit more. I mean, it's in every area of, of life, There's everybody's got a different gift. And the problem is I compare my gift to your gift and I want your gift to be my gift and I wish that I had that gift and I start playing that game. And the reason I play that game is because it's we. It's all corporate. It's all money. It's marketing driven and it's dollar and cents driven. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great vision, but there's a lot of systematic racism that's happened within the systems in order to not have that work currently. Oh, absolutely. I'm beginning with the end in mind. I'm beginning with the end in mind. Anything that anything that we can do to get data. And act and execute on data efficiently and effectively uh, towards, uh, you know, nowadays we got body cams on, on a lot of officers. Let's, uh, you know, we can put body cams on all officers. We have um, the ability to know when the sirens, when a, you know, when a, when a cop hits his, his lights and then we can, we should be able to audit and see uh, the results of those stops. We have. Uh, yeah, I mean, police brutality is one issue, but there are a lot of issues that affect the black community currently yeah well i i, I mean I, mean, from the redlining that happened years ago to now where i want to go right to the you know i think you know when i'm with you you think police brutality is is merely a symptom of deeper deeper underlying issues of racism and i don't disagree uh, i just think when uh your arm is bleeding you know you should you should stop the bleeding and so that's why i go to what occurred here uh, symptomatically is a problem, obviously, but we got to stop the bleeding. We, we've got to hold cops. We got to raise the bar. We got to raise the bar in our police departments. We got to raise the bar in leadership. We got to raise the bar in our teachers and our educators. We just have to raise the bar. And, and that bar has to be raised by folks who are tough, who are willing to take pain and bear pain of letting people go and firing people who are nice and, and friendly people who just made decisions that are poor and that, that are against the best interests of equality. Totally. And America- so I guess I implore all of us to figure out, to shut your mouth and learn, open your heart, open your ears, do some learning and really make a commitment to take action, figure out what you are supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Either lead or lead, you know, lead, follow or get out of the way. Um, I, I really think that there's going to be ideally some some strong voices and some strong leaders that are going to come out about that should organize and strategize and mobilize. And I think either you, you're with either you're with a movement toward justice or you're against it. There's really is going to be no in between. Those who those who don't um, get on board with movements towards justice are against justice, even if you don't know it. And that's unfortunate because I'm sure and confident that you're, you're a good person and that you mean well. But the fact of the matter is it's, it's gone on far too long and, and it's time for change. And that doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat or if you're in business or if you're a school teacher or if you're a coach, or if you're a doctor, or if you work in a grocery store, or you work as a nurse, or you work as a fireman or policeman, everybody is going to have to choose.
to be part of the solution and toward change and everybody else is part of the problem. So I will end with this quote from Desmond Tutu. I met Desmond in college one time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, if you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. If an elephant has its foot on the tail of a mouse and you say that you are neutral, the mouse will not appreciate your neutrality. Awesome. Amen. Okay. Have a great week, friends. We'd love um, any questions you might have for us. Send them our way. Let's go. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. It means so much when you leave us a review and share with your friends. Bye.